0: Welcome to the fourth episode of Bacon and Eggs with a Side of Intellect. I know I said I wouldn't consider the intro as an official episode, but I take that back now. I just love the intro, and I don't know why, but it is my podcast, and I make the rules, so I say that this is the fourth one. I'm currently in Kerala for the summer. Happy summer, you guys. For those of you who don't know, Kerala is this beautiful state in India known as God's own country. And it is also my birthplace and where I'm from. And I don't know, just being here gave me the idea for this episode. I highly recommend visiting, by the way. It's just such an amazing place. It was on Time magazine's list of 50 greatest places to visit in 2022 at number 13. It's also known for sustainability and has this great airport powered only through solar panels. And it's just so lush and green. So please visit Kerala. It's gorgeous. But anyway, I wanted to cover this topic because it's such a huge part of my identity and who I am as a person, and I thought it was just important to talk about it a little bit because I've been fascinated by this topic. Um, A little background info, by the way, I love languages. Like, I really love them. I love learning, speaking, hearing different languages. I just love languages in general, anything to do with them. I'm also a member of the Global Coalition for Language Rights, just because of how passionate I am about this. I speak five languages in total, English, Malayalam, Tamil, Spanish, and Korean, and I speak all of them fluently, except Korean, which I'm very much beginner level at. Oh wait, I just wanted to give you some info on it, but now I don't think that's relevant. I just wanted to say that I love Tamil movies and songs, and that's how I know Tamil. And also because um, I come from this place in Kerala that shares a border with it. Also, I just realized that it's a Tamil. Ignore that. It's Tamil. That's the only acceptable way to pronounce it. I was having my white girl moment there, but yeah, back to India. And Kerala specifically, that was just some contextual info so that you get an overview of my linguistic profile. So in Kerala, the main spoken language is Malayalam. It's my mother tongue as well as thirty-eight other, 38 million peoples as well. Okay, that just sentence made no sense. It's my mother tongue as well as 38 million other peoples. It's considered a minority language, not because of the number per se, but because of the percentage of speakers compared to the entirety of India. India is such a large country with 1.4 billion people. It's actually the most populous country. It recently surpassed China, I think around April 24th of this year, and only 3% of India's population actually speak Malayalam. So it's a minority language because according to Oxford Bibliographies, A minority language is any language spoken by less than 50% of a population in a given region, state, or country, and 3% is way less than 50, so it is a minority language. And because of that, throughout my life, I've had to constantly explain that I come from this small Indian state and the fact that I do not speak Hindi, and yes, I am still an Indian, and and that also Malayalam is a real spoken existing language it's really exhausting to constantly have to explain yourself and your identity and the fact that you don't speak Hindi just because other people are unaware of it and like don't get me wrong I love explaining stuff like that but still it's just really hard when people undermine your language and just automatically assume things um and just people assume that you know Hindi is particular because it's just a very wide spoken language in India and people just think oh indian therefore must speak hindi and that can get annoying sometimes quite honestly but anyway i also live in dubai and malayalam is one of the most commonly spoken languages here like genuinely i could probably survive off of that language alone without speaking any english at all this is because there are a lot of non-residents of india's or nris from kerala that immigrate to dubai in search of a better quality of life my parents included and the population of dubai is actually very small it's like 9 million people and in, du- in like the uae as a whole it's probably only like 12 million people and like i love hearing my mother tongue on the streets and finding another malayali everywhere i go but it does definitely does cause malayalam speakers to have a very complex linguistic identity It can create confusion for speakers, for example. They might identify themselves as part of a linguistic minority in their home country and part of a linguistic majority in Dubai. And it can shape their sense of belonging, self-perception, and cultural affiliation. And it also sometimes feels like you cannot complain about your language being a minority one because you live in this location that's so densely populated with the language's speakers. And so it feels like your concerns are invalidated somehow. And that's not a nice feeling at all. Moreover, Malam speakers living in India and Dubai may experience different social and cultural dynamics. In India, being part of a linguistic minority can lead to a sense of cultural distinctiveness and a closer connection to their regional heritage instead. Whereas in Dubai, where Malayalam is more spoken, they may experience a stronger presence of their culture and an increased ability to engage with their community. And although this is amazing, it can really erode national pride. I purely dislike North India and Hindi speakers because of their assumptions and tendency to stereotype South Indians. I don't want to do this and I honestly like do not like the fact that I don't like the North. That was a complicated sentence to say, but... If I hear another, why don't you speak Hindi, you're Indian, I will fully lose it. Yes, I am more tied to my culture and I have an immense regional pride, but I just think it's a very unhealthy way to approach and view your home country. And it's just very toxic to not like any region except your own. So I hope that that is something that I hopefully get to improve on and work on in the future. But at this point, it's very much just regional pride. Also, dual status can present integration challenges for speakers in both India and Dubai. Um, there may be barriers to accessing education, employment, and government services in India if you're anywhere except Kerala, because Malayalam can hinder social and economic integration. In Dubai, however, it's where it's more by- widely spoken. There can still be challenges navigating different culture norms, but. It's a lot easier for you to gain access to jobs and just places to live, I guess, because it's a wanted skill. Like it's better if nurses here can speak the language because there's so many people here that would love to speak to someone that only speaks Malayalam and there's people that can can only speak Malayalam. So it's definitely a more sought after skill, I guess, here compared to India, whereas it's Hindi. But don't get me wrong, there are benefits as well. The dual status of Malayalam can facilitate um, transnational connections and exchanges between the Malayalam-speaking communities in both regions. It can lead to increased cultural, economic and social interactions, fostering stronger ties between these two regions and enabling exchange of ideas, traditions and resources. In fact, the UAE actually announced Golden Visa because of the number of people that, uh, that were buying property and especially the people that were from India. So this is a clear example, like a clear real world example where we can see that knowing a language or being part of a certain community fosters interdependent, interdependence between two nations. Um, this a phenomenon of a language being a minority and a majority at the same time can also impact language maintenance efforts. For example, in India, where Malayalam is a minority language, there might be increased efforts to preserve and promote the language to counter language shift and ensure its survival, whereas in Dubai, it may be a more supportive environment for language maintenance and usage, and it's much more likely to be passed on in the future. So overall, the chances of the language being an endangered one is quite low but the fact that there are more nris in dubai can also cause the loss of traditional customs and adaptation of dubai culture instead instead of kerala culture not that there's anything wrong with that but there's a chance that will just be a language in the future without any culture tied to it and that thought is scary but yeah, that concludes the episode. I don't really have anything more to say and there wasn't really a point with this and I didn't want to sound as if I was complaining about a lack of effort to for people to understand my knowledge or the ignorance surrounding minority languages. And I definitely do recognize that there are different languages out there that have minimal speakers, like a lot fewer than even a million, for example, and that they face extin- extinction. But I just wanted to relate with anyone that has a similar situation and try and analyze the situation a little bit because it does truly interest me and captivate my attention quite a lot. Um, But yeah, that's it. Enjoy the rest of summer and I will see you in the next episode.